What's up, y'all? <laughs> Thanks for tuning in, guys. If you guys are just joining us, we have a special guest, Chris Skye from our good neighbors up north uh, in Canada. Um, if you guys are just tuning in, you guys need to share this message out because I guarantee you, I'll, I'll bet you $100 our mainstream media isn't talking about what's going on in Canada because guess what? They're scared to let us know that it could happen here. So make sure you guys are tuning in, sharing it to all your different groups, share it to your friends, family, and kick back and enjoy the show. Um, we have Kaylee and Lucas, the American populace, um, joining us tonight. And then obviously Chris Sky is going to be um, giving us some insight of what's going on. So welcome, Chris Sky. Um, please introduce yourself. Let everyone know who you are and you know, give them a little details of why you're so active in this movement. Well, my name is Chris Guy. Before all this started, I was in uh, low rise residential, develop, design and build. So I've been working with the government uh, directly since I was around 19 years old. So I know exactly how the government operates on intimate levels. And then uh, when all this started, the COVID stuff, I was in Italy because I do a lot of traveling and I was in Venice right when it became the so-called epicenter of the viral outbreak in Europe. And I have people calling me telling me I should be scared for my life and am I okay? There's this huge pandemic going on in Venice. Meanwhile, I'm training at the gym, looking over the canal, my wife shopping, and then we're meeting up for lunch. And I'm telling people they're overblowing this. So I knew right from the beginning, this was in February, 2020, at the end of February, that they were already making COVID something that it wasn't. And I also knew they were gonna be locking down Canada, the US, and then virtually every other country they could get their grubby little fingers on. So when I came home, I started sounding the alarm to everybody and people were looking at us crazy. Uh, and then sure enough, they locked us down. So I didn't know what to do. I've never been political. I've never voted. I've never been an activist. I've never gone to a protest in my life. But I said, uh, we gotta go find out where there's a protest about this. because This is gonna be something that's life altering forever. Not just something that's just happening now. And sure, we I don't even know how we came across it, but we came across a uh, flyer to get us to a Queens Park protest. And we ended up going there where there's a ragtag crew of different or match disorganized people and that was probably the only time the mainstream media ever showed up to one of the protests because they could characterize it as exactly as it was disorganized fringe and completely like ineffective in any which way but it did give me a chance to like grab them and give them a piece of my mind and people heard what i had to say and they said wow you should speak at these protests and this was uh right at march probably end of march or early april 2020 so sure enough, I started speaking at the protests and I started traction with my message. And my message was, and it still is, this is not about your health and safety. This is about control. And when you can alter the people's perception to the reality of the situation, then all the propaganda they're using to make them afraid no longer works. Because right now, 95%, not now, but at the start of this, at least 95% of the population was terrified, terrified. They showed videos of people in China passing out, looking like they're dying in the streets, telling everybody that it's going to be a worldwide pandemic, killing millions and millions. Even in Canada, we they had a low, medium, and high models for how many deaths. And the lows was like 70,000 in the first year. And we're nowhere close to that in, uh, almost in two years. So it was all overblown from the start. 
And I was trying to warn everybody that. And I was trying to warn everybody about something called a vaccine passport that they've had in place since 2018, before the pandemic. And we're just looking for an excuse to implement it. And once again, people said I was crazy. So I made all these prediction videos at the, at the rallies so I could put them online and hopefully they would go viral to try to wake people. And one of the things I told everybody is the vaccine is a red herring. Once they get you vaccinated, they're still going to want you to wear a mask and you're still going to have all these other restrictions on you. And sure enough, that's already what's happening. So now people really woke up. And what was started out with people at rallies and people on the internet is now the average person on the street coming up to me, no matter where I am. I can be anywhere in Canada or even different parts of the world. And they'll walk up to me. And these are this is the most important thing. These are the non-voters. They are non-political. So they can't be swayed by political. And they're pretty much immune to the propaganda as it is. And that's why they don't vote in the first place. So to get these people, which are the real majority, on your side, it shows that the general public is finally aware of what's going on, and they realize that you're not going to get out of this through compliance. There's only one solution to this problem, and that's what I've been saying from the get-go, and I call it united non-compliance. And what do I mean by that? I mean, just like the government used fear to get 95% of the people terrified and in a state of anxiety so they're paralyzed, they won't act, and they'll wait to be told what to do next – for the people that fear didn't work on, the government employed division. And they employed divisionary tactics in every possible way to make you smaller and smaller factions so your voice and your plans are less potent. So they started with people that were scared of the virus versus not scared. People who wear masks versus don't. People who are on CERB or other types of government assistance, they call it stimulus in the States, CERB here, versus not. Uh, then they tried the whole racial divide. In the States, you got riots and stuff It was in some places, and it was really effective at dividing the people, making them scared, and allowing the government to implement even more authority over the people. In Canada, that fell flat on their face because it was ridiculous. They actually boarded up half of downtown telling us there's going to be riots, and that not one stone was thrown. There was absolutely nothing. We're, way, we're too uh, multicultural for that here, and no matter how much they try to play up on the racism with uh, faulty groups like BLM and Antifa, it doesn't work here. But they did get division between the police and the people, and that one's scary because the whole defund the police movement is really from the, uh, the government because the police are part of the community. Their friends and family are our friends and family. They're the ones that go to the same schools. Their business, their friends are business owners that are having their businesses shut down. They're the ones giving out tickets to people that they know and love. So they're not on board with this agenda. They're doing it because most of them have been officers for 10, 15 years, and they're this close to a pension, and they need to be police. So writing a few tickets to them isn't the end of the world. But if you replace them, what do you think? You're just not going to have a police force? No, they're going to have what they'll call a private security force. And it'll be made up of private military contractors from wonderful countries like Bosnia who have no ties to our community and are more than willing to shoot men, women, and children on government because they have zero loyalty to the people. So we have so much going on, and they're trying to control us from so many ends. And the vaccine passport was a way to, use, uh, to nullify all of our rights and freedoms and now turn it into a government-granted privilege predicated on you taking an untested and unsafe inoculation that they're faultily vaccine and they and doing it as many times as they tell you otherwise you're not getting your rights and freedoms back meaning you don't have any rights and freedoms then financially they're literally crushing the small businesses i made a non-profit way back when they started called back to work and i showed people because i knew that their whole scheme is consolidation of wealth and power by crushing the small business and popping up big businesses like amazon to new heights so they can get uh kickbacks from uh, through crony politician deals 
So what they're doing is they started putting the little guy out of business. So I started showing people how to stay not open, but stay profitable within the guidelines, even though they're technically allowed to open. And for people who wanted to go public and fight the government, I would help them as well. So every which way I've been trying to fight the government with this. I showed it the day they made mass mandatory. I did a massive protest that went worldwide, actually, on the TTC and showed everybody about the mask exemptions. I even created mask exemption cards and distributed them all through Canada. So I've been all around this since the get-go, since the start. I've been speaking in multiple countries, multiple continents around the world about this. Canada has it worse than everybody. We have things that you guys don't even know about. You guys can come and go from your country as free citizens. We have the worst system of tyranny set up, and it's a perfect example of nothing to do with safety but control. If a Canadian citizen dares to go on vacation, even to somewhere like New York City, which is an hour flight for me, and I come back, they want me to pay $3,000 for three nights in a government internment facility where they lock me up 23 hours in a hotel room and you're only allowed one hour of exercise. You have to be completely isolated from everyone. Even if you travel with your wife or child, they won't put you in the same room. They'll put you alone. And they make you pay $1,000 a night for this hotel room. And they want you to land in Toronto, stand in a lineup for two hours, let them shove something up to get you a test, then put you on a bus full of people from all over the world, then bring you to a hotel full of people from all over the world, lock you up in there in solitary confinement, that you are paying for and stay there until you get a negative COVID result. And then you're allowed home and do the rest of your 14 day quarantine. If that is not the most tyrannical thing you've heard of a government that's supposed to be of a developed and first world nation, then I don't know what is. And how can they pretend that that makes you safer? When you interact with all the people at the airport, you interact with all the people on the bus, and then you're at a facility full of people from all over the world who are awaiting their COVID test results versus simply going home by yourself. But why did they do this? Because now if you're a good little sheep and you took your jab, you won't have to go to the quarantine. So it was a way to coerce the population because it was so traumatic for Canadians to go to these places. Women even got raped than private security guards in multiple instances in multiple provinces. So I did something about it. I went through the airport coming home from Turkey, mass free, made a video, showed Canadians that we still have something called the Charter of Rights and Freedoms, which is the equivalent to your constitution. And under that, I cited multiple sections that prevent them from force testing me and forcibly quarantining me under any circumstances as a Canadian citizen. And sure enough, on video, I got all the police to admit they couldn't do nothing but give me these phony little tickets that when you file them in court, they basically toilet paper. I had not one person had paid them. So after I made that video and it went viral, Canadians started going, like entire planes of Canadians started declining these tests and quarantines. And it was the first uh, first successful thing of United Noncompliance I saw. And phase one, I told you, was the global awakening and teaching people about what was going on and raising the level of consciousness to let people know that this isn't about health and safety. This is about control. And that was all through 2020. And I wasn't the only one doing it. There were light workers all over the world waking people up. And that's how we woke up billions of people. And in 2021, we shifted gears into taking action. And when I went to speak to these massive protest groups of thousands of people, we broke them up into smaller groups that could do individual actions on the ground at the local level that can make a difference. For instance, we had the small business owners. 
We had concerned parents that didn't want their kids mass at school. We had concerned employees that didn't want to be forcibly vaccinated. And then we had regular citizens that wanted to be able to shop and live their life mass free. Imagine that. And it sounds crazy to you guys because the U.S. is almost free right now. The vast majority of states have no mask mandates as opposed to what we had in Canada. And a lot of the states are even making laws to try to prevent mask mandates from coming back. A lot of states, especially the red ones, are drafting legislation against vaccine passports. Well, in Canada, they just implemented them on a federal level, pretty much in all the provinces. And now Canada is one of the only countries in the world where you can't even come in if you're not a Canadian citizen or permanent resident unless you've been vaccinated. So you guys as American citizens, if you're not double jabbed, you cannot enter Canada via land or air border unless you're essential for some reason or government. Because, of course, government is immune to all these laws. Locked down tight. And I tell Canadians, there's only one reason for this. We are pussies. It's that simple. I, it's that simple. You guys are You guys are open. Because you guys have guns, you guys value freedom, you guys distrust your government, and your government knows if they tried to pull the same garbage that they're doing here in places like Texas and Florida and Utah, it simply wouldn't work out in their best in their favor. And that's why I try to tell Canadians, because right now we have this big political movement that's trying to hijack the freedom movement. And I try to remind Canadians, when can you name one time in history where the people led their way out of tyranny? Never. And look at you guys. How did Joe Biden literally went on TV and said to you guys, you're going to be wearing masks forever unless you get vaccinated. And now the vast majority of states are vaccine free. But you guys have to understand that just because we're weak and we're like that and now it's up to us to fight and get our freedoms back, you guys aren't out of the woods. That's why I wrote my book. I wrote a book called Just Say No. It goes with this hashtag right here. And that's talking about just saying no to the vaccine just saying no to all these other restrictions. And that's how we get out of this. It's called, if everybody just stood up, everybody just opened their business and everybody just said no to the vaccine, there'd be no vaccine passport. There'd be no business closure. There'd be no uh, forced testing or anything. There'd be no pandemic. It'd be over, overnight. And that's what terrifies them. So they're trying to nullify me every way they can. I've been arrested so many times I can't even count. I have conditions on me that from driving, prevent me from flying, a commercial. Uh, they came to my house, raided my house, took all my legally owned firearms, and I'm not allowed to be under any near anything that's considered a weapon, even a sharp pen. Uh, and I'm on bail, a bail so strict that I'm a married man who lives with my wife. I'm supposed to spend the night at my bail surety's house, and I actually have to get his written permission every single night to stay at home with my own wife. And they put me on a condition that prevented me from speaking anywhere in my home state or province of Ontario. Uh, otherwise, I would get arrested. I stopped out from my arrest in a neighboring province of Manitoba. And you guys need to hear this. I was scheduled to speak on a Friday, on the 28th of uh, May, I believe. And they went to a justice of the peace on a Thursday. And they showed the flyer that said, Chris Sky is coming to speak in Winnipeg the next day. And they said, as you see, is coming here and he intends on violating a public health order, not even committing a crime, just violating a public health order. And they asked the judge to give a warrant out for my arrest in advance, pre-crime, in reality, in Canada. And the judge said, sure, why not? So they put a 
over my arrest and they did this massive press conference so I would find out about it. They put it on the mainstream media. Oh, when Chris Guy comes here tomorrow, he's going to get arrested. So I went live and said, screw you guys. I'm going to stay in Saskatchewan and go to Saskatoon. So I'm not coming there to get arrested. They still had the event. I obviously didn't show up. I was obviously in another event in another city in another state. And guess what? I still have a warrant out for my arrest for something they said I was going to do. Yet they know not only did I didn't do, I wasn't even in the province or vicinity to be able to do it. That is the tyranny level we are at in Canada today. And that's why I wrote my book called Just on the Cover. If you notice, there's a Canadian and an American flag. Because this isn't uh this isn't a Canadian or American problem. This is a worldwide problem. And it takes unity to get out of it. Because if you guys think you're safe, New York and California are very much like Toronto in uh, where I live, especially New York. New York and Toronto are almost identical, including in restrictions. And you guys now have a vaccine passport there. And every election cycle that comes, they're going to try to replace as many red state governors as they can with as much dirty trickery as possible because those blue state governors will be more than happy to sign you into a vaccine passport. And once you're in the vaccine passport and you've lost your rights and you get that vaccine compliance, they can start doing whole other grades of tyranny to you. Like we're going to have the digital currency, our digital wallet, our digital ID, all mingled with our digital vaccines. And we're going to have to be up to date on our shots like animals, or we're not going to be able to do anything. And if you think that's crazy uh, in France right now, you cannot go to a grocery store unless you've been vaccinated or you show them proof of a negative PCR test. So now a simple trip to the grocery store to feed your family on a Tuesday afternoon needs to be planned in advance like you're going on vacation and you got to go get a PCR test and you got to go show it at the door and then they'll allow you in to buy groceries to feed your family. And obviously the French people aren't happy with it. So they took to the streets and what happened? They got tear gassed. So I, when I tell Canadians we need to act and we need to act now, unless you want to be getting tear gassed this fall when they lock us down again, which is really going to happen, it's going to happen to you guys too. If you don't think so, you're crazy. And this is the narrative. They've already started in Canada. We had our premier, which is the equivalent of your governor in Ontario and other provinces, come out and declare, we will never do vaccine passports. We will never have a two-tier society. Then the very next day, within 24 hours, you have another public official within the same state or province totally saying the opposite. Oh, we will need vaccine passport. And then after the pacification and the planting of the seed, they have predictive programming over the next few months where they're going to issue all these stories of rising cases, new variants, vaccine resistance, antibody resistance, uh, vaccine people, va unvaccinated are terrorists, unvaccinated are fueling this pandemic. And then come fall, they're going to lock everybody down, put masks back on everybody, including the people that took the third and even fourth jab. And hopefully at that point, that's what I'm hoping, because now that I've already seen the shift in the general public, I'm hoping at that point when the mass compliance, like the 75% that just went along with everything the entire time, thinking that's the way out of this, will finally see the light and believe what I'm saying, that the only way out of this is not to comply. Because they have an agenda. They have step one through 10. And they can't get you from one to 10 without going step one, two, three, four, five, six. And that's what they've been doing. The incremental steps. You can't just go zero to 100 to tyranny. You got to tiptoe to tyranny. And now that they got everybody's rights and freedoms, they're really pushing it. And they're pushing it in a way we've never seen before. And it's a way that they're permanently trying to alter the structure of society. What's the, the normal structure of society? A small government as efficient as possible.
people. People have as much freedom and opportunity as possible. And what are we seeing right now? And a government that works for the people. What are we seeing right now? They want to destroy your small business and put you out of work. So while you are an independent business owner, you could you can make your own decisions. You could just say no to the government and you had the ability to do so. And most importantly, the government worked for you. As soon as the government puts you out of business, citing public health laws, extorting you and closing what could have been a family generational business that lasted decades and thrived and fed generations of your family. Now you're broke. Now you're on CERB or government assistance, whatever you want to call it. And now the government serves you as it's supposed to. It rules you. And it can put strings attached to those payments, like forcing you to take the vaccine for you and your children. Otherwise, you don't get to eat. And of course, I'm sure you were making more money as a business owner than you were getting a couple thousand dollars a month in crumb welfare payments. But that's what they want. They want to put as many in that system as possible. Because under what they are calling the global reset, in the near future, they're telling you right to your face. If you go to the uh, if you go to the economic forum this year, which is called the Great Reset, so it's not some weird conspiracy theory, uh, they'll tell you their plan is for you to own nothing but be happy. What I mean by that is the most massive transfer of wealth and property in the history of mankind, and we're seeing how they're transferring the wealth by putting people out of work, by running up ridiculous deficits, trillion dollar deficits. What's that going to do? inflation in the hyper values, which means that everybody saved up money, everyone who's counting on a pension, that's going to do nothing for them. It's barely going to feed them if that. So now what are they going to do? They have a wonderful new uh, project called government insured reverse mortgages. So anybody who has property left, they're going to tell you, this is your retirement plan. We're going to give you all the money for your house in payments monthly for the next 10 or 15 years. Only at the end, you don't own your house anymore. So what are you going to give your children, you ask? Oh, don't worry. You're going to have so much money left over that your children are going to have all the money in the world they're going to need. In reality, that money is going to be worthless because they're going to inflate it away to nothing. And in the end, you're going to die with nothing, property, no money, and your children are going to start from scratch. And then their future is just as bleak as they intend for it, where you will own nothing and be happy. Life in 2035 for the average person, they want you living in 150 square feet. You may or may not have your own bathroom depending on your social status. 85% of you will work from home. So from home, because you're gonna be living in a massive complex, you'll get your hair cut, you'll do your grocery shopping, you'll meet your friends for Starbucks, you'll do everything virtually in there. So you never need to leave your building, let alone your block. And if you're one of those lucky people that has a job elsewhere, you're not gonna go to the underground parking and jump in your BMW and cruise down the street. Oh no, you're going to go outside. You're going to scan your digital wallet, which will be a barcode on your wrist. And it'll pop up and tell you if you have enough government issued digital currency credits to rent that e-bike that the government owns for the 15 minutes your GPS tells you it's going to take to get to your job downtown. Take the bike down, you realize it's not payday. And when you get back to the bike, you realize you only have enough money to feed yourself or take the bike home. That's the kind of life they want for you, a life where you can't get anywhere literally and physically, spiritually, financially, where they can completely control you. And then at that point, I don't know if you guys know Kurzweil is, but he's what we like to call a futurist, and he uses technology to predict what's going to happen in the future and the evolution of technology. But him, people like him and myself predict 
that within a few, within the decade even, there's going to be tens of millions of jobs that are going to be replaced by robots or artificial intelligence or ways that humans can just be irrelevant. And that's why they're doing all this because they're literally closing off society and they're making less room for less people. They're trying to pretend like they're making more room for more people. But in reality, they're just trying to get you used to less and less and less and they're going to do it with environmental regulations after this pandemic is over. So even after we're done these so-called pandemic lockdowns, you're going to hear of these wonderful studies of how much these lockdowns saved us from climate change catastrophe because the inactivity of humans healed the earth. So then they're going to come up with all these studies that show we're going to need rolling climate lockdowns to prevent climate catastrophes. And that's going to be the new narrative because now that they've trained us for over two years, basically, to, to, to lock down whenever they see fit, they're not going to let that up. When have you ever seen government relinquish a power that they gave themselves? Ever. Never. And this and with this pandemic, it just gets worse and worse and worse. And now you see why they don't like my, they don't like my book. Because my book was transcribed from over 12 hours of me talking when I I just wrote out the specific uh, subject headings for the chapters and I spent hours talking about each one and they transcribed all that and then I went through and edited it and my words can't be taken out of context they can't be can't be misconstrued and they're very powerful it talks about the truth it talks about the methods of government propaganda it talks about knowing your rights it talks about the importance of just saying no it talks about the dangers of the vaccine it talks about everything I've already like just brushed on, but in much more detail. And most importantly, it talks about what will happen if we don't act versus what will happen if we do act. And if we do act, we can go to phase three of United Noncompliance. And that's where we hold these people accountable for their actions. And we make an example of them in a way that for generations, nobody ever tries anything like this again. And if we can do that, we can literally elevate humanity to basically a new golden age. And all it takes is for people to stand up for themselves like I have. I'm not trying to label myself as the savior of Canada or the savior of anything, but I am trying to tell people that if you follow my lead and you act like me on a grand scale, we will get out of this, we will get through this, and we will be able to make sure it never happens again because there's no political solution to this. You're not voting your way out of this. You guys didn't wait for a new Donald Trump to save you. And the Canadians are being led astray by all these wonderful political parties pretending to be part of the freedom movement. And I'm getting, I, and as soon as I called them out, I've been getting attacked. And when I say attacked, I'm not talking Twitter trolls here. I'm talking about from every media outlet, from alternative media outlets, from alternative media personalities, from Antifa type people, from the far right. I'm getting attacked from all angles. And it's crazy. It's never been like this. And it's because the politicians realize that my message is very dangerous to them. A politician is like a parasite. They can survive without a host. So if I'm preaching united non-compliance and it's the power to the people, it makes the politicians irrelevant. And if you don't need them, you're not going to support them with your money and you're definitely not going to support them with your power. And they're terrified in Canada right now because the average person is ready to stand up for themselves. So they're trying to show them a viable political option so they can nullify that anger and that, and that willingness to act and get Canadians to sit back on their couch, be apathetic and wait for an election that's not going to change anything. And that's what I don't want to have happen. That's why I'm on my Canada. So Chris, right what do we, here in America, everyone here, we have, like how you said, the average American, you know, the non-political, the people who are in the middle that really are just over it. Quick, they're sick of the government involvement. They don't want them regulating their lives. 
what do we do? Because we have this question every single day. I mean, I, I live in Ohio. I don't have to, you know, if I don't, if I don't have a vaccine, if I have the vaccine, I don't have to wear my mask, yada, yada. They really, you know, it's, they're not checking passports. They're not checking your status. They're not doing that. Um, what do we do even in the red states? Like, what do we do to make this stop? Because we're, we've had enough. And like, like you said, we can't just wait till 2022 for us to have go cast our votes for half the country doesn't have laws in place to protect our election integrity. So it doesn't really matter. So people are like, well, we got to vote these people out in 2022, yada, yada. But like, in reality, what do we do? Like, because we, we have hundreds of thousands of people who want something to do. Well, this is what I got people doing. And to me, it made the most actual effort and change on the ground. In BC, I saw that the owners were really, really ready to open, really ready to fight back. And I saw in Ontario, they pretended like they were, but then when the time came, they would back out. So I focused on BC and I did a special event at a restaurant with all business owners, 40 to 50 business owners showed up and I gave them my spiel and I told them, this is what you guys need to do. So literally, this was my phase two, United Noncompliance, taking action for small business owners. I told them, every one of you, Join and make as many platforms for small businesses in Vancouver and BC as you can on as many different social media platforms. Now, every one of you go door to door in your vicinity or business because you know the business owners around you. So go talk to them, get them to sign up, then use them to recruit others. I go, you guys have a month. This was in April. I said, we're going to make our opening date. May 24th, which is known as Patriots Day in parts of Canada. It's also Queen Victoria's birthday. It's a long weekend, and it basically signifies the start of summer. So I said that's a perfect opening day. And when I came back on May 23rd, we had, after they, they did everything I asked, we had almost 2,000 businesses ready to open. And guess what the government did? They allowed them to open on May 25th because they wanted to make it look like they gave permission. But in reality, the government was just to the demands of the people because the people showed a little bit of organization, a little bit of backbone, and they stood up for themselves. Non-violently, completely legally, and with zero repercussions except earning their rights and freedoms back. And that's just one example of how taking action works. Another one is I went to a store called Long. It's a very high-end grocery store in Canada. They were like the masked Nazis of North America. You walk into that store without a mask. It was the equivalent of walking with an AK-47 and a suicide vest. And they would literally mob you. So I went into the store on a show called Block Talk uh, with a cameraman and a mic. And we had I had no mask on. I immediately came over and I claimed my medical exemption and told them I just wanted to buy a maple syrup. And it was like a scene out of a friggin' horror movie, like a comedy horror movie. In the end, I got my maple syrup, paid for it, scanned it and everything. And they actually physically tried to take it from me after I paid for it, but I still got it and left. That led to charges and that led to the police showing up in my house at 1.30 in the morning with over, over, between 30 and 40 officers blocking off a four-way intersection and a two-way intersection with about 20 police cruisers to illegally try to kidnap me without a warrant to be on my property or without a warrant to arrest me. Basically intimidate me into silence. And what I did was I knew they didn't have a warrant for me because they would have just taken me. I locked myself in a car and I went live on Instagram before they killed my Instagram account of a quarter million followers. And thousands of people watched on live as these cops literally tried to kidnap me and tried to like illegally take me from my house. But I wouldn't let them. And in the end, 
a whole bunch of patriots that were watching live showed up at my house like i'm not joking like 60 to 100 people came in trucks and the, you've never seen cops run so fast in your life i guess they thought these people were going to shoot them or something but they ran back to their cars and left and this is the kind of stuff i've had to put up with on a daily basis i can't even go i i, I fly yesterday i had a private jet pick me up in thunder bay ontario because we needed to fly over manitoba because of my warrant and because we needed to fly over manitoba and we couldn't refuel in manitoba he flew to another part of northern ontario called kenora to refuel so we could fly over to saskatchewan and then fly over to calgary this is what i had to do to get here so as soon as we land in thunder bay sure enough we fuel up we're getting ready to leave guess who showed up the police showed up at this little airport in the middle of nowhere. Obviously, they couldn't do anything. I hadn't done anything wrong. So they basically just took videos of us taking off in the plane and landing here in Calgary. But this is, I'm telling all of us, everywhere we go, they worry about everything I do. They try to charge me for every reason they can. And that night, when they, and when they went away, a friend of mine named Julio, he has a wonderful site called at underscore mask exemption on Instagram. He took one of my taking action groups very literally and he made a mask exemption group of around 65 people. And this is another way you could take action. And what did he do? He went to Longo's and all 65 of them did exactly what I did. They went and bought maple syrup with no mask. And Longo's tried to call the police and tried to do everything they did to me. But when they had to deal with 65 people in United Noncompliance, guess what happened? None of them got charged. None of them got arrested. And Longos had to officially change their policy to honor mask exemptions, no questions asked, which I proved on a live when I walked into Longos like two days after that. And they asked me where my mask was. I said, I'm medically exempt. And they said, come on in. So we can make change. And all it takes is people not listening to what the government says and doing what they know is right, especially when you're talking about the future of your family and your children. What is the one responsibility of every citizen in any country? It's to leave their country in a state where their children and other people's children have equal or better opportunity than they did. That is your only responsibility beyond being a father, beyond being a family member, et cetera, to your country and yourself. And what are we seeing? We're seeing the exact opposite. We're seeing people cower away from responsibility, live in denial and give up their freedoms on a silver platter that millions of people fought bled and died for in wars that we couldn't even imagine. So to me, it's absolutely sickening because my wife was in Florida since February where it was completely normal. And you have little three-year-old girls up to 100-year-old ladies walking around mask-free and fear-free. And then you fly into Toronto and you see 95% of our men wearing face diapers hunched over and living as slaves waiting for their next order. It's absolutely sickening to the core. And like I said, they have no one to blame but themselves. Did the government close your business? No, you did. They Chris, just how, do, how do we wake those people up? Because at this point, I mean, how do you not see it is my question. They see it. They just are too afraid to act. So the best way is by people setting examples. And one example, a friend of mine, I call him Mr. Greens. He has a marijuana paraphernalia shop in Sudbury, Ontario. And he didn't close for one day. And they are all like white on rice. He accumulated over $250,000 in fines, injunctions, court orders, all this craziness. And guess what? It all just got thrown out of court like nothing. And he's laughing because he stayed open the whole time. And he's a friggin' hero to the community, which he is. 
to be a shining example to every other small business owner, not just in Canada, but every democratic nation in the world. That was one man standing up and they put the full flat of the law on his throat. And he stood up for his wife and his little daughter and he beat them. That's one man. So imagine if a thousand businesses, 10 businesses stood up. What could they do besides absolutely nothing? It's that simple. The government didn't close their business. You closed it. The government ain't putting a mask on your child, you sickos. You are. And that is absolutely ludicrous. When I see parents serving up their children on a silver platter, that's why I created a nonprofit called MAD, Mothers Against Distancing. Because how do you wake up, like you said, how do you wake these people up that are sleeping? For a mother, the best way is for their children. And when you show them that their children being put in a school with social distancing and masks and all these other crazy measures keeps them in a constant state of fear and anxiety that's not allowing them to learn their curriculum. It's hampering their mental and physical development permanently. So if their potential was once up here, now their full potential is down here. And we're getting this society of drones where they're never going to be able to lead us way out of a paper bag. They won't even be able to walk through a doorway unless there's dots on both sides and tell someone it's safe. And that's what they want. And any parent that subjects their child to that is not a parent at all. Because your number one task as a parent, you should be willing to take a bullet for your child, let alone stand up to a school board. Look at uh, uh, it? Arizona, Utah. They literally walked right into the school board, said, excuse me, these are our children, and we're not putting masks on them anymore. The school board did what the school board left these do. Oh, I'm so offended and shocked that you would do such a thing. I'm walking out of here. Oh, okay, walk out of here. You're all fired, you're all replaced, and our kids aren't wearing masks. It's that simple. One minute, a few parents. That's all it takes. If you go to a school board with Alliance United, they're not going to say no. If you go there with one, maybe. So that's how you take on the school boards. It's not hard to find other like-minded parents within the same school region, if not even the same school. This is why they don't want parents talking to each other. This is why they want you showing up in a mask and dropping your kid off at the side of the road so they can have total control over everything. And if you're not smart enough to understand that, then you probably don't deserve to have kids because I don't want you reproducing because stupid people like that and weak people like that are the reason this is happening. If everybody was smart enough to at least ask questions, we could never be in this type of tyrannical situation. I mean, dang, how do you even, how do you even follow that up? Um, it's, it's true. And people don't understand strength in numbers. You know, I, I say this all the time. A lot of people in Americans, we like to play the victim mentality. We keep, and I know I haven't really started saying this, but I'm just going to start saying it out loud. You say, oh, I hate when people on the left play the victim mentality, like what was me? But the the Republicans, you're just as guilty because you keep feeding into a system, except ex, like expecting a different result every single time, but you're getting the same damn result. And then you're going like, oh, our government, the, the system only works because we allow it to work. I think I think people forget that the Constitution was written for we, the people of the United States of America. And I think people need to come to the realization that we hold the power. And once the people, and not only here in America, but around the world, realize that we are the majority and we have the power in these small, these they're really small, even though they think they're large and they think they have a fingerprint on all of our lives, they're really not that big. There are there are literally, I think at, on average, there's three guns for every American citizen in the households, three, okay? Just imagine that. There is thousands to one of our military. So there's thousands of gun owners in this country versus one of our military with a gun, okay? 
put that into perspective. But one man, Shmo Biden, seems to have all this power. And we're only the thing is, he only has the power because we allow him to have that power. That's why these governors are taking back their rights to to run their country or run their states without his his little fingerprint saying, no, you're not going to do this. So I think at the end of the day, we are a majority. And like Chris said, it's the fact that we need to set an example. But here's the thing that we're facing here, Chris, in the United States is after January 6th, they've labeled all protests by the right to be extremists and to be people who are, you know, going against domestic terrorists is what they're pretty much calling us. But how do we rise up against that and show them that we're not like I'm, I'm not we're not trying to overthrow the government. We're just putting the government back in their place because they need to know the checks and balances that we, the people of the United States, hold the power. And that's what the Constitution says. That is a million dollar question. And the best way to do that is, number one, show the diversity at your protest. When you come to one of our protests, there's every ethnicity, every age group, men, women, and children, and all political spectrums. There's people that don't vote. There's people that have voted for Trudeau. There's people that voted for conservatives. Uh, uh, and, and conservatives are like our Republicans, and liberals are like your Democrats in, uh, in uh, the United States for people that don't follow our system. And, I, and like I tell everybody, it doesn't matter who you voted for. You still be on lockdown. But the best way to dispel the racism allegations or the fringe allegations or the white supremacist allegations or whatever other label they can do is just show that diversity. They say all those things about me and worse. I'm a racist. I'm an Islamophobe, et cetera, et cetera. My wife of eight years is Asian, an Asian American citizen. Uh, my best friend and traveling companion is a very prominent member of the Muslim community. And we, he's one of the ones trying to unite all of us together in the same thing. They don't want no faction of the community is less important than any other. It doesn't matter what your race, religion, age, etc. is. Our message is we want our rights and freedoms back as Canadians universally and as Americans universally and as citizens of whatever country we happen to be. We want our rights and freedoms back and we're not going to allow them to fight us or distract us as you have been or label us as fringe. And when you act like that, the more they try to label you, the more hypocrisy and the more they expose themselves and the more people see through it. And that's why we reached the point where before I could go to a freedom rally and I get treated like a rock star. Not, and the person on the street had no idea who I was. Now I can't even walk outside of my hotel for two minutes without somebody screaming, hey, Chris, how are you? And being very appreciative of what I'm doing. Why? Because I'm not a false idol. They don't appreciate me because I'm an actor, a sports star, a singer, or something arbitrary like that, which we like to call false idols. They appreciate me because I'm standing for what I truly believe in, and I'm actually risking, and I'm actually teaching, and I'm actually leading, and I'm being a voice for them, and I'm being a force for them. And people appreciate that because a lot of people, unfortunately, don't have the means or the fortitude or whatever else they need to to do what I try to do. But I've done a very good job of making sure that our protest is a movement seen as a country and not even just nationwide thing, as a global thing. So it can't be labeled as anything but a group of people that have had enough of a tyrannical government that has coordinated a way to make citizens arbitrary and irrelevant. Because like We outnumber them thousands and thousands of one. But if you think of that nightmare future that I already showed where they have digital currency and they have all that other control over you, at that point, 
you are literally, especially if they implement a social credit score like China, hell, all three of you could get barred from traveling or working just for doing this interview with me in that society. And that's like, a few, we're not talking 20 years now, we're talking like five or seven years. And if a society like that, you're literally, they, you can outnumber them a million to one. All you are to them is a blip on a screen and they literally flick a switch and you're done. You can't work, you can't travel, you can't access your money and you have no other form of currency unless you want to sell your body. So like, you're screwed. And that's the system they're setting up for the future where they have 100% control regardless of how many of you they are. And then they're going to shrink the population. Looks like we say something. You you want to talk. Yeah, I, I just want to say, first of all, Chris, thank you for coming on. You are one of two extremely passionate Canadian civil libertarians that I'm very familiar with now. I have a buddy from Grimsby, Ontario, that I've been up to see a couple times. And uh, I, it was shocking to me how much he knew about the difference in the civil liberties that we have in the United States compared to Canada and where the future could go for the United States if we allowed our country to kind of follow in the footsteps of sort of where Canada went with that centralized governmental power. So thank and we you. We are the model for you. Make no mistake. Exactly. And and I've been I've been talking to Kaylee about that a lot over the past few weeks about the the cash the 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 slow, relatively slow slide toward statism that we've been on since basically the turn of the 20th century in the, in the United States and how for the most part, the one biggest thing that sets us apart and makes us different is the Second Amendment. So, you know, I said all that really just to say it is it. Kaylee's heard me say this before. I think that a lot of the conservative Canadian, the, the libertarian leaning Canadians have a lot better idea of what civil liberty should look like than a lot of Americans. So it sort of ties in with what Blake's saying about, you know, a lot of the people in the middle in the United States that aren't awake, that aren't paying any attention, that don't understand it. They take it for granted is what it really is. And you guys in, in Canada who have dealt with this and when something like this pandemic comes up and they do a lockdown and they keep you from going to the grocery store and they keep you from being able to travel freely in and out of Canada. When those things happen, it, it just it shows you that much more strongly um, how much the United States, the people of the United States take our civil liberties for granted. Um, you're doing something that is so difficult in an area that is so difficult. And I just wanted to take a chance to, or an opportunity to, to uh, commend you for what you're doing. Um, and, and I hope that the folks in Canada that are watching this, and I've seen a few comments about, you know, really, thanking you for what you're doing. I hope they know how valuable what you're doing is because there's going to come a day when, you know, enough people are going to take it for granted in the United States that they'll start taking real steps toward taking away some of the civil liberties that keep us as free as we are. We've said this on almost every show I've been on. There's nowhere to go from the United States. Yeah. Jeff Daniels on that newsroom diatribe in 2012 um, started his little mantra with the idea that there's freedom everywhere. The United States isn't the only country that's free. And the first state, the first country he named was Canada. 
And the first thing I thought of was my comparative constitutional class where I looked at and looked into all of the civil liberties that everybody from South Africa to Australia to Canada to uh, Sweden, what they all share, and they are not the United States. So there is nowhere for the, for the people in the United States to turn to if we get it wrong. And that's been my point for many, many months that we've been dealing with this pandemic. If we allow the statist slide to continue to a point of no return, there's nowhere for us to go. And you made such a good point. Canadians believe that our Charter of Rights and Freedoms is as rock solid as your Constitution. And it really is not, not even close. It's a paper tiger. It's literally something that they've made to look good on paper to give Canadians the illusion that they're free in a country where the government can literally go like that and take away your freedoms. And that's why we honestly need something the equivalent of a constitutional convention in Canada. And we need a new system of government, more like a constitutional republic, where we have entrenched rights and freedoms enshrined in that document. And more importantly, severe limitations on our government written now for the 21st century and all of the new things they're trying to do, especially with the world of cryptocurrency, because people don't understand that the crypto goes beyond currency it's going to go to internet it's going to go to a whole bunch of other things and the government is making drastic plays right now to massively regulate that industry so they can just control it or strangle it out of out of out of uh, existence and replace it with their own version and that's the most dangerous uh, thing that's going to happen next Americans need to be aware of this. Canadians need to be aware of this. We need to be aware that there is a lockdown coming in fall for everybody if you doubt it, Look at Australia in the Southern Hemisphere. They just entered their winter. They're literally the identical version of Canada. They're just as weak. Their people are just as compliant and apathetic. Winter's not even as harsh as ours. And guess what? They're already on lockdown again, and they have the same vaccine compliance as Canadians. So you don't think we're going to get locked out? Of course we are. And they're going to use it as a perfect opportunity to turn the vaccinated against the unvaccinated and blame the unvaccinated for the vaccine sick, which is completely illogical. But when you're already this far into the lie, you'll believe anything rather than want to admit you got lied to and fooled through the last two years. But the reality is they're going to use that to try to impose restrictions on the unvaccinated. That is what I want everybody to take away from everything we've said, because that's the most important thing. And I'm doing something else that I think might have a very big impact. Uh, I have my, my website, realchrissky.com, and that's also where you can get the book, by the way. Uh, but I'm trying to make a deal with someone who created a social media platform that's pretty much identical to a Facebook-style platform and has the potential to attract billions of people. And I want to integrate a website so people can make their own social media profile and it would be 100% safe, 100% uncensored, a real new free speech platform. So I don't, that's not only am I trying to find Canadians ways around these restrictions, which I do now I'm trying to find ways to really entrench its rights and freedoms in a way that the government cannot take away because they're trying to do that. We have bill C 36 that allows the government to re regulate anything on the internet that's hosted within Canada. And it makes the social media companies liable, which makes the social media companies much more prone to censorship, which they want. So they're helping the up these laws. Then they try to bill C-10 in Canada. Listen to this. If somebody writes the government and claims that your, your comment that you wrote online, that might not even been to them, it could have been about anything, 
if it offended them or affected them in a way where they could call the government and say they like tried to hurt themselves or something, you can get fined $1,000 or be put on house arrest because you offended somebody with a comment online. Thankfully, that one got shot down in the house and didn't even make it to the Senate, but they're going to try to reintroduce it next year when Parliament's still suspended. And the, the other one, Bill C-36, actually made it through the House and now has to pass the Senate. And, and uh, our dictator-in-chief, Mr. Trudeau there, I won't even call him Prime Minister Trudeau because he doesn't deserve the title, uh, actually appointed some new senators that are obviously pro his agenda to try to stack the deck in his favor. And we get absolutely no say. In fact, they've actually suspended elections in Canada. Does anybody know this? Our government suspended all elections in Canada until they deem the pandemic over. So technically, Trudeau can be in power for the next 20 years if he wants, because he has unanimous support from all the parties to suspend the elections until they deem the pandemic over. This is Canada, 2020. So when people try to tell me Canada's free and when Canadians try to tell me they haven't lost any of their freedom, it, it's, it's, it boggles my friggin' mind. Because we have, a, we have a government that's more corrupt here than it ever has been before. And it's more corrupt than governments of so-called third world countries. And it's only up to Canadians. We're the only ones that can fix it. And you guys can help us. Thank, thank goodness. Our neighbors to the north. I almost America to invade us and take us over. <laughs> now someone's, someone's going to clip me just saying that. And that's going to go viral online. And they're going to they're gonna try to use that as a way to cancel me next. I mean, they tried to ca cancel me about 30 million times already. The problem is, I just speak the truth. <laughs> I I just literally, I have no, I don't even know what to say. I mean, it's just, it's perfect timing that you came on here because I was just talking to everybody today and I was like, listen, lockdowns are coming. Y'all are crazy if you think you've escaped it or if we're over it. I can see the wheels spinning. I can see them talking about children and how they need to be masked. And there's all these new variants. I mean, the game never changes with them. So it's not, it's very predictable. So if, if all if of you know think that it's, it's not going to happen, it's going to happen. <laughs> it's definitely going to happen. Like I will bet anything for anybody that it's happening. That's why I'm on tour right now across Canada in July when it's the only time for Canadians to actually go out and enjoy the good weather and enjoy their freedom. So I anticipate the smallest crowds possible, but the most important crowds, because we need every one of these people to get the message out. Exactly what you said. Lockdown is coming. Because if you tell these people after they've complied with everything, exactly what's going to happen to them again for the third time, and they still realize that they got screwed, even the dumbest of the dumb are going to realize a fourth, fifth, and sixth shot is not going to make a difference. You know what I mean? So that's when yeah. we can achieve the real united non-compliance levels that we need. And we can and we can get rid of this because they, they can unfortunately to say, but Canadians need to suffer a little more before they're going to have the fortitude to come through this. I mean, it's 100 percent spot on, um, Chris. Um, I don't know if are you still on social medias? I am. I have a new secret Facebook. I might as well got the cat out of the bag. It was it was like a hit. It looks like a hidden fan account, but it's mine. It's Chris Sky 83 Let them break it. I'll just make another new one because I have people that follow me that have millions of followers. So I can have three followers and my message will still get out there. So uh, I'm on Telegram, real Chris Sky. I'm on Twitter, real uh, at Chris Sky. I'm on Facebook at Chris Sky. I usually banned. They keep me on there and they ban me for 30 days and then they'll keep me on for three days and then ban me for 30 days just so they can keep me as a presence that they can bash constantly so they don't really get me off of there. 
My Telegram and Twitter are, feeds are also on my website, realchrissky.com. And I go on my live feed from realchrissky.com every time I'm at an event in a different city or something interesting is going on. Like when we were going on that private plane, for instance, we went live. And I'm going to be going live tomorrow from Red Deer, Alberta at 9 a.m. in the morning at a very groundbreaking court case. A friend of mine, fellow freedom fighter, this has to be said before I run out of here because I got to go to, I have another show to do. Uh, Pat Freedom Fighter, great guy, real dude. He got charged under the Public Health Act in Alberta. He subpoenaed the uh, the head of the uh, head of medical. Uh, her name is Dina Hinshaw. All our our public health acts for each province have the chief medical officer's name attached to them. So he subpoenaed her, and in the subpoena, she was served and would have to come into court and prove all the science and the validity for all these laws. And of course, they can't. So now they're scrambling. And rather than give him an actual court date, they told him now he has to have what they're calling a special prosecution session. And they're going to try to they're going to try to railroad him and make a case that she doesn't have to come and she's not going to have to prove the science that all of these laws are based on. And if that becomes their case and that becomes their stance, it's going to be the biggest show of corruption in the history of Canadian courts. So we're going to be there tomorrow to expose it. And that's why I want to talk about it today. Wow. Well, thank you so much for <laughs> for everything you've shared with us. I've found it riveting. I'm I'm thrilled that I picked tonight to jump on with you guys and and listen. And, you know, I've said Kaylee knows this. I've said for a long time, there is some really strong patriots in Canada. They've they've felt the tyranny, not just from the pandemic, but long before they felt the tyranny. They know what it looks like. They know what they need to do to try to fix it. And they're just trying to build that groundswell to be able to make the change that needs to happen. Similar to what some of the Patriots are doing in the United States, but we're starting from a point well ahead of where Canada's at. Oh, so my, my best wishes and prayers and thoughts are, are headed to to my fine Patriot brethren in canada so thank you chris for, for thank joining you guys us. i love you guys i love americans i hope to get there soon god bless america you guys could help <laughs> thank save you. us this thank you SOS so much for being on world. our show we hear you we're with you and and like i say for everybody out there if you feel like this is a worthwhile cause and i think it is look up uh, realchrissky.com and try to find a way to support him you guys know what i say all the time money is a tool and we need tools right. in this fight Guys, um, you this know, is the answer right there. There it is. Just say no. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you, Chris. It was a God pleasure. Bless you guys you, know to contact me if you need me for anything. Any questions, anytime you want me on the show, I'll be more than willing. I'm on tour, but I make time for everybody. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you, Chris. Cheers, guys. Take care.